some Halloween etiquette. Yeah, so if you're the one giving out the candy, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Fling it. Yes. <laughs> if, if the children come to your door and you don't know what the costume is, don't guess. Because <laughs> kids... <laughs> it makes them feel really bad. Yeah. Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmar and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmir. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. So everyone gather around for Hey Boo. Know it. Oh my. Ten. That was an incredibly haunted um, opening there. Thanks. I didn't know. Where, I, I let I let the actor find something there. Okay. I didn't know that was going to go. Um, well, so, yeah, we're doing all tales all the time. It's scary stuff. Yeah. So this is um, yeah our Halloween special. So yeah. you, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I would love to kick it off. Um, I'm going to kick off with... A haunted penis news. This is going to be scary. Okay. Yes, it is really scary. This is kind of ghost in the machine kind of stuff. Apparently there's a chastity cage out there for gentlemen. They say it has a security flaw, but I think it's haunted. Okay. So instead of a chastity belt for women, there's a chastity chastity cage cage for men. For men. Is it a contemporary thing or this was? It's contemporary. What? Um, this locks up your junk. It's called Cellmate. Okay. Okay. It's a it's a smart chastity device by a company called Chiyui. That's a um. I think I'm, I don't I know it's from China. I'm trying to pronounce it the best that I can. Okay. You did a nice job. <laughs> Chiyui. It's Cellmate chastity cage. It encases your favorite organ in a Bluetooth enabled gadget that a trusted partner can lock and unlock remotely using a mobile app. Okay. So is this a thing for people in a relationship who are? Yes. This is a consensual relationship thing. So what if you have to go to the bathroom? Well, that's too bad. This I'll explain to you what it looks like. Have you ever seen the, you know, the, the Chinese finger traps you would get as a kid. Yeah. They were kind of, um, woven out of some kind of material and if you so it looks like that but closed on one end okay and it fits over your uh johnson okay as it were and it locks it down okay it's you cannot get this thing off apparently and the only person who can get it off is your your partner or whoever you allow you know whoever you give access to it okay it comes in two sizes, small and large. The smallest sold out. Um, <laughs> okay. And apparently, there's a ghost in the machine. There is a possibility that this thing could lock up on its own, and or it could have a phantom lock up. I guess, and it, with someone you don't know. So wait a minute. So then it means that this can lock up. And nobody mm-hmm. can get it off. You can't even call IT. Basically. So there's a flaw in it. They're saying it's a technological flaw. I'm saying it's a haunting. Mm-hmm. That prevents the Bluetooth lock from being opened. And it permanently locks the user in. 
There's no physical unlock. Why would you put something on your, your Johnson that does not have a physical unlock? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about this. I don't know. But it's, you know, the company has acknowledged that there may be issues and they've tried to fix it several times. Um, the Cellmate is the world's first app-controlled chassis device. It costs $189. And the company says that they believe that a true chastity experience is one that keeps the wearer away from the control of their own devices, the device being the penis. <laughs> but it, is there any kind of religions that are... This is not, this is not, this is, I'm not going to say it's um, against religion or for religion. This seems to be very neutral. This is just simply a sex toy okay. for adults. Okay. And they are marketing it as something, I guess it's maybe as a part of your kink. Right. Okay. Then that's fine. You know, yeah. it's not us. You slap this thing on somebody. It's not like the chastity belts for women of yore, which was no, like, no, no, you're no, locked no. in and you don't have, no. you can't. This is unfortunately named the cellmate chastity cage. Yeah. Um, and they're saying, yeah, there may be a ghost in this machine. You may get this thing on. You may share the information with your partner, but you may find yourself locked in it. That's really scary. I think that's appropriate for this episode. Mm-hmm. It's it's a horror. Oh. Amazing. Okay. I didn't know that this, apparently this is a problem with sex toys that, um, you know, the same issue with Dick Cheney's heart, another horror story. Yeah. Right. When you're dealing with the undead. <laughs> right. That they, his heart, they had to take it offline. They had to make sure that it was secure because his mechanical heart is connect, was connected in some way, I guess, to an app and in the wrong hands, yeah. they could shut him down. She wouldn't, I'm not going to say. I, I honestly, I think this is the beginning of a really good and fun ghost story. Yeah. Well, we'll um, just have to see how it plays out. Yeah. So it's haunted penis news. Very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Haunted scrotum. All right. What do you got? Okay. Um, let's see. So I have the story of Stingy Jack. <laughs> St- yeah. Yeah. Is Stingy Jack. Well, who is this from? Is this an American folktale? Yeah. Well, this is Stingy Jack. Perhaps you better also known as Jack the Smith, Drunk Jack, Flaky Jack, and Jack of the Lantern. Jack the Smith? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here it goes. That seems like one of his better names. So here's the story. Several centuries ago, amongst myriad towns and village, villages in Ireland, there lived a drunkard known, known as Stingy Jack. Just the one. <laughs> Just the one. He was known throughout the land as a deceiver, manipulator, and otherwise dredge of society. <laughs> on a, fate- a real stand-up guy. On a fateful night, Satan overheard the tale of Jack's evil deeds and silver tongue. Um, I like the idea that Satan was, is he, he's just listening in yeah. to see if there's anything evil. Anything, yeah. Right. Unconvinced and envious of the rumors, the devil went to find himself whether or not Jack lived up to his vile reputation. <laughs> he was unconvinced, yes. but interest peaked. Yes. But typical of Jack. <laughs> he, Classic he, Jack. He was drunk and wandering through the countryside at night when he came upon the body of, on his cobblestone path. The body with an eerie grimace on his face turned out to be Satan. And Jack realized somberly this was his end. Satan finally came to collect his, his soul. How? So Jack... Made, he just, just a look in his eye yeah, and he knew, he knew it was Satan? And he was okay. just like, I'm done. 
He's like, that's it. So he stacked my last. He made his last request. He asked Satan to let him drink ale before he departed to Hades. <laughs> you know, because he's an alcoholic. Yeah. I like it. Find he it. stays on message. Yes. Yeah, so finding no reason to um, acquiesce the request, Satan took Jack to the local pub and supplied him with many alcoholic beverages. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Upon quenching his thirst, Jack asked Satan to pay the tab on the ale, much to Satan's surprise. <laughs> really, Satan? We didn't know. Jack, Were you new in town? Jack convinced Satan to metamorphose, metamorphose into a silver coin with which to pay the bartender. Satan did so, impressed by Jack's unyielding nefarious tactics. Shrewdly, Jack struck, stu- <laughs> Jack took the Satan coin into his pocket, which also contained a crucifix. And the crucifix, it kept Satan from escaping from this form. Oh, no. He just pocketed that money and wasn't planning on paying. Yeah. And the crucifix just happened to be in there because he's Irish. Sure. So this... <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, it's like, that's a plan so, to steal the money. Right. So then Satan now is stuck as a coin and he's like, all right. <laughs> Jack said, all right, in exchange... Not again. In exchange for Satan's freedom, he had to spare Jack's soul for another 10 years. So... I would keep Satan right in my pocket. Yeah, 10 years to the date Jack originally struck his deal, he found himself once again in Satan's presence. Jack happened upon Satan in the same setting as before and seemingly accepted to go, this time to go to Hades for good. Well, he was drunk. Yeah. As Satan prepared to take him, he asked if he could have one apple to feed his starving belly. And so Satan agreed and climbed the tree of a nearby apple tree. And Jack quickly surrounded the base with crucifixes. Worst Satan ever. <laughs> really? The apple tree, bro? So he had been entrapped like, again and demanded. He, but I thought the apple tree was Satan's whole thing. I know. And he went up there himself? Went up there himself and then he's like crosses again. So oh. um, so Jack demand, said, okay, here's a demand. Might the soul never be taken to Hades? Satan agreed and was set free. So eventually the drinking took his toll on Jack and he died. And his, then he went right to St. Peter. Well, he went right to St. Peter and he was stopped. And he was told by God because of his sinful lifestyle and deceitfulness and drinking, he was not allowed into heaven. Plus he reeked. Yeah. <laughs> Jack went down to the gates of hell and begged admission to the underworld. Satan was like... <laughs> what? Oh, I forgot. This is a Catholic story. I'm like, what is he... He's got to get in somewhere. Yeah. Otherwise he's stuck in the purgatory. And Satan said he already, you know, fulfilling his obligation, he couldn't take a soul. He's like, no, bro. Yeah, he said, couldn't let him in. So to warn others, Jack, he gave Jack an ember and marked him a, a denzen of the netherworld. From that day on, Jack is doomed to roam the world between the planes of good and evil, only with an ember inside a hollowed out turnip. <laughs> to light his life. Where did the turnip come in? Did I because, miss something? Because the Ireland had turnips. They didn't have pumpkins. And then when the story came oh. to the U.S., Mm-hmm. They didn't have turnips. They had pumpkins. So he he had the ember and the pumpkin. That's the jack o' lantern. That's the jack o' lantern, and that's Stingy wow. Jack. Yeah, that's that's him. I I didn't know. I never knew what that story was. I thought the story had to do with what I was going to bring up. I thought it was about the the jack o' lantern comes from the tale of the headless horseman, also from Ireland. Yeah. He, although I feel like Ireland is a little bit like Jamaica. They're like, no, we invented that. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
No, I think the jack-o'-lantern, definitely that came from Ireland, like that whole idea, but the story behind it changes. Well, that's what they say, too. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. I mean, I'm, I'm willing to give it to them. I got no, I got no problem with them. Um, I, I will just want to piggyback on that. So I found this article, or actually it was a series of articles, about how the tale of the Headless Horseman came from Celtic mythology. Oh, okay. So I thought that the the jack-o'-lantern is what the headless horseman uses in place of a head to light the way. Oh, okay. Um, so I was like, let's do a little research. And it, it came up that one of my favorite, you know, we've been doing this podcast for over 10 years. We This is our 10th um, Hey Boo Know It. And several Boo Know It's ago, we talked about the Dullahand. Yeah. Which is the headless horseman. So it's a legend of a decapitated horseman carrying his own head. And it comes up in a lot of different European storytelling traditions. Um, Brothers Grimm, the Sir Gowan and the Green Knight, Mm -hmm. so forth and so on. But the Dullahan comes from Celtic mythology. The Dullahan is Darkman. Not Darkman, sorry. Dark man. (laughs) You know, Phil Darkman. The Dullahan is Dark man. I've been in New York for too long. A malevolent harbinger of death, the embodiment of a fertility god named Krom Dub, who demanded sacrifices uh, in the form of decapitation. Oh, so this is a this Krom Dub, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, C R O M D U B W, the fertility god, uh, predates Christianity. Okay, and therefore was something that was you know snuffed out by Christianity. And when people stopped sacrificing or worshiping this God, he was mad angry uh, and began roaming the roads, calling the names of those doomed to die and carrying a head under his arm. Oh, so this dark man, the Dullahan, the flesh of the face is decayed and the flesh is often described as being similar to moldy cheese. Oh, so it's, 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 it's movable. It's running. Do you know what I mean? It's oozing. It's moldy. It's disgusting. Um, see. Yeah. And the, the Dullahan apparently, and some of the stories has a gigantic head that is out of proportion with the, with the body. Okay. That's scary. Yeah. To me, I find, you know, I can't even watch a Ben Stiller movie. I think I've said this before. <laughs> It's a it's a difficult thing for me to wrap kind your of deal head with. around. Yes, yeah, wrap my head around due to the size. Yeah. Um, and it was written about by Yates. You know, it comes up over and over over again. They say that Bram Stoker, um, when he was living in Ireland, included some of the details about it. The idea that if someone wasn't buried with a stake through the heart, they would come back. And they would they would wander kind of like the Dullahan. Okay. Um, but they say that the the most famous and lasting iteration of this figure is the Headless Horseman and the Legend of Sleepy Hollow, which is set in rural New York, which is not far from here. Right. Um, and they're saying that he uh, that Irving heard the story while he was traveling around England. And even though sleep, this Legend of Sleepy Hollow is a satire about um, a Dutch settler who's very materialistic, it 
you know, it takes different aspects from um, Celtic mythology, including this Delahan thing. Interesting. Which is supposed to be the the headless horseman, the Delahan, which demands a blood sacrifice, and that blood blood sacrifice has to happen in the form of a decapitation. Yeah, you see. Yeah, kind of interesting. So maybe it all does go back to Ireland. Yeah, all things come from Ireland. All things come from Ireland. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I the headless horseman to me has always been really creepy. It's one of the few stories that, um, when I was a kid, I was actually really scared of. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, it's you know someone riding on a black steed or with a carriage pulled by the horses. It's the horses are ferocious. Apparently they're breathing fire. Just all of the, the black cloak flowing, all of the imagery of that really scared me. And also I grew up in a colonial area. Right. So that really- Where a lot of the stuff that you would see in these horror stories, I'm like, that looks like my town. Yeah. <laughs> like old gates and, you know, town squares, you know, very Americana kind of stuff. That's funny because it's, my mother went to Terry, um, went to, you know, where, where'd she go? She went to Marymount College. Mm-hmm. That's in no, Terry. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's in Terrytown. That's up here, yeah, yeah. So where the headless horseman is supposed to be, and so when yeah. we go on occasion to that area, it's like, woo, <laughs> this is where the headless horseman is. It, it, I mean, it is really creepy. They have there are a lot of really beautiful and interesting um, cemeteries up in that area. There are things that look like ruins because you know people were building these monuments to their their ancestors in a way. Yeah. Right. So if you were coming, if you were European, Irish, British, whatever, when you came to the United States, you would obviously, if you had a lot of money, try to recreate the prestigious homes or, you know, from whatever your, your background is. So there's a lot of weird stuff in, in upstate New York that looks like European ruins Mm -hmm. and definitely around Marymount. I'm sure they have a ghost story tour. Yeah. Yeah, so it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, but this Halloween actually is a little more special. Um, Not only is it in the... Well, it's scarier because, you know... Because of 2020, of course, but this year... 2020. uh, But everyone, you know, like all the holidays this year fell on like great days. They're all falling on Saturdays. It's like, woo! Yeah, Halloween's on a Saturday this year, right? It's on a Saturday, but it's also on... It's going to be... There's going to be a full moon and it's also a blue moon. Yes, and the blue moon. The blue moon is when there are, like, usually every month only has one full moon, but not this month. Not this one. A blue moon is when there's two full moons in one month, and so we're so this month we're getting moon. a harvest moon, right? It's a, it's a full blue moon on Halloween. What's the other? Um, it already passed us by. The harvest moon, right? Was the first one? Yeah, that was the first one. This one. So, this second one, this this blue moon, is also called um, a hunter's moon, right? As well, yes. So, and also a full corn moon. I saw that also. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So they're pretty. So having a full moon on a Halloween, like it happens every twenty years or so. This is the first time this has happened in actually 75 years, having a blue moon on a Halloween. Wow. That's a big deal. Yeah. So. I feel bad for pagans right now because they are not able to, to gather. Right. um, Safely or openly. Although if they are going to do their worship outside, maybe it's not going to affect it. 
you know. Right. So basically, yeah. So like, like Halloween. Then there's the, the Day of the Dead, and um, people in, in in Mexicans culture celebrate the Day of the Dead. Actually, mm-hmm. um, is that affected by the blue moon? Well, I mean, it's all surrounding the blue moon. So I mean, I'm just wondering if there's going to be in, in Mexican communities, is there going to be a special significance? I don't know, but basically full moons are considered amplifiers. And so Mm -hmm. it peaks that bring forth the climax of energy. So a full moon on on Halloween, a day where the barrier between two worlds is said to be super thin. It's like a gossamer. It's a recipe for some intense energy. So people that celebrate around that time, it should be very interesting for them. I love, I've always been a huge fan of the moon. Yeah. If you're listening, Moon, I love you. Yes. Um, but it, there's something about it for me, and even though I'm not a pagan, that these kind of alignments, you know, you feel something. Yeah. When it's an you know alignment with the planets, I don't know, I don't know how to describe that any better. It just feels cool, you know. It it's like cool. yeah, it's- and to know that you can um, go out there and look and see it and that everyone else is seeing it kind of at the same time is interesting and exciting to me. Yeah. No matter where you are and you look up and see the moon, everybody is sharing yeah. that same experience. Yeah. You're having that experience. I always thought that was fun. It doesn't cost anything either. No, they say, uh, I did a little bit of research and they said that the best time to this full moon will reach peak illumination at 10 51 AM Eastern time on Halloween mm. morning, but it will appear full at night as well. Ah. So if the, if the clouds are, you know, with us, we should see a beautiful, um, blue moon on Halloween night. Yeah. And I hope that I don't, I don't know what Halloween is going to look like this year. I've heard everything from trick or treating on a stick (laughs) to leaving treats out at a, a safe distance. Yeah. But definitely all looking at the moon is something we can manage. Right. And as a group activity, hopefully we can. Yes. And everybody enjoy the moon and, you know, take it easy because if people are going to, cause full moons uh, do have an effect on some people. Cause mm-hmm. it just, everybody just like chill out, you know, but it's all, also sometimes the effect is that you're thinking about it mm-hmm. and what, you know, what it means. And that can bring people, um, it can make people feel relaxed, but it could also make people feel agitated. Yeah. So right. anything that you do to mark time. Right. And it's a time for celebrations. Full yeah. moons are yeah, separations and celebrations. So I have set up because we are, you know, it's for Greg, my husband and I, Halloween is like our favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's really sad this year that we can't go to the parties and, you know, be social. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a big deal for a lot of our friends. But I have set up a home Halloween bar. Oh, Okay. Yes, I did this today. I was like, you know, I feel like now that during COVID, we can't do a lot of the things, but it's like, you can still celebrate and have a tradition. Yeah. So I set up, I got some balloons. I got some, um, you know, scary stuff and some fans and things like that and different color combinations. And I set them up at a home bar and I put out some spooky liquor, Okay. some candles (laughs) Um, and you know, I'm just trying to make it festive. I might, we might dress up anyway. Why not? Why not? I mean, Hey, anything goes at this point. Yeah. And I see uh, people are becoming more comfortable with kind of online, you know, zoom parties and things like that. So maybe we'll attend a zoom 
thing, at least show our costumes, or maybe we'll just, you know, hang out in my home bar and watch some scary movies. Yep. I saw a great movie the other day. It was uh, Vampires in the Bronx. Ah. It's a children's movie. It's very cute and very funny on Netflix. The vampires are trying to gentrify the South Bronx. Okay. <laughs> And they run afoul of these three three young boys who are, I would refer to them as herbs. They're not the cool kids. Okay. But they manage to bring it together to try to fight these vampires. Oh. <laughs> so it's very, it's very, oh, it was very true. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we shall see what happens. Just that it, yeah. there's just going to be a lot of, a lot of energy. I think there's going to be a lot of energy. I know that from, um, you know, the Spirit Halloween, the bizarre pop-up store that I, I'm sure you have them in Hoboken. We have them yes. here in the Bronx. They're all over. They pop up. They are not deterred by COVID. Why should they be? Um, Hardy City, on the other hand, has slashed its pop-up stores by 91%. <gasps> Meanwhile, Spirit Halloween is out there at 1,400 storefronts strong yeah. nationwide. Because they're they, they know all about scary stuff. Yeah, and they they um it's a it's a reminder of seasonal change and the grim reaper of American opportunism. So Spirit Ooh. Halloween pops up where there are vacancies. Yeah. It says like in the husk of a defunct supermarket in that weird, you know, that CVS that didn't make it. Yeah. That's where they they take over. Yeah. They- yeah, they said they the interview the interviewer, the uh person who wrote the article said they went to check out one in an in, in outdoor mall in Virginia and everything seemed the same as normal except that there was a hand sanitizer and some skeleton hands on it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Customers are greeted by electronic uh clown emitting groans. They had the costumes out there. This year's costumes are the usual, you know, vampires, cheerleaders, wizards, but they also have presidential candidates. I don't even want to know what a Biden costume looks like. Yeah. Well, you know, the typical rubber masks. That's it. <laughs> yes. Well, um, they, I'd like to know um, how they're selling, though, because. Well, Tiger King is selling. Tiger King is selling. But, As a character. But, but of the for the presidential candidates, who's selling? Um, well, you have to remember young people have a different approach to to the the president and the candidates. So it's kind of like how people used to wear Nixon masks. Yeah. It's that for them. I mean, I think I think Trump for a lot of people is just just like a cartoon villain. Yeah. The same way that that Nixon became a cartoon villain. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't I I really think that a Trump mask I could take, a Biden mask might scare me. But <laughs> Because I'm not even sure what he looks like. <laughs> I just, I, I hate to be rude. This is borderline, but he's just a white man is what I see. You know what I mean? Like he's like a white guy. He's older. Yeah. I don't, any, any white guy, I think he has white hair. He sure does. He, any white guy with white hair could come up to me and say, I'm Joe Biden. Are you going to vote for me? I'd be like, yep. Yeah. And you're a bit any it could be at this point anyone uh in a white wig and, and a very boring suit yeah with nice skin i feel like mo- he moisturizes like unlike most a lot of older gentlemen like he got the message 
someone told Biden to moisturize, and he was like, "I've been, I'm doing it." Yeah, you know? yeah, and I exfoliate too, probably. I, he, I'm sure that he has a spa regimen because his skin just looks too good for him to have just started doing that. Yeah, so. You know, maybe one of his many girlfriends of different backgrounds and ethnicities was like, dude, grease up. <laughs> um, so the costumes are the big costumes this year. Tiger King, mm-hmm. which is basically a fetish costume. Yes. Marshmallow, the musician. Okay. Um, Karen costume. Oh, being a Karen. <laughs> Here's what here. I mean, what do you think comes in the Karen costume? This is, again, borderline. On, this is incorrect. Um, it's <laughs> what phone. do you think is a Karen? Okay. Um, what else is there? I don't know. Glasses. So this is Karen costume comes with a blonde wig, mm-hmm. binoculars, <laughs> fake hundred dollar bills, and a T shirt that says "Can I speak to the manager?" in all caps. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you find this offensive? No, I don't either. I think it's funny. I think it's funny. It's it's because you're a blonde. I just want you know. I, what am I gonna do? You know, it's not white face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's totally fine because it's like all women over a certain age are turned blonde. But it's. I think it's funny. You know, I. I mean, if if I were if I were a a white woman, I would consider dressing as this. Oh, it's it's funny, definitely. Yeah, can I speak to the manager? Cracks me up. Um, they say that the reason why Spirit Halloween is doing so well is because they take they do temporary leases. They're a pop-up. Mm-hmm. So it's not like every other retail concept. Um, Andy Mantis, one of my favorite names of 2020. Andy Mantis, retail analyst for a firm, 1010 Data, writes, in 2019, typical party stores generated 29% of their sales Labor Day through Halloween. But Spirit does 90% of their sales then. They're spending for them. Eight, this year, they think people will spend $8 billion. Good for them. On Halloween, which is less than 8% of what we spent last year. Sorry, 8% less than last year. Um, which isn't bad because they're saying for other discretionary spending, the declines have been 50 to 90%. Wow. So people are still doing Halloween. You may not see it. But they're doing but it's it. happening. It's happening. Know that your neighbors are celebrating at home. People are decorating more, hence my home bar. Yeah. It's People like, will still be wearing the costumes. It's the outlet. People need mm-hmm. this this kind of thing. They've got to do something. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to my home bar, my ha- my uh, Halloween bar. I think I'll this I'm is... gonna, I'm inspired. I might get a um, yeah. home get, bar. Get, get out some orange, some black, and some silver or gold, not both, because let's keep it, you know classy mm-hmm. and do yourself a little uh, halloween bar all right i think that's great or right, what else yeah. yeah you're listening to hey you know it with jaquetta Santmari and katie casimir we're telling you how it is and how it should be you've seen the movie the exorcist yeah right? i have it's the scariest movie ever i saw it at a time in my life where it was not scary to me anymore um, but I understand that it's a very frightening movie. I'm still horrified by the the shining. So I get, you know, so let's, it's, yeah, I, I'm going to be so scared after this. So, <laughs> okay. Well, maybe not though. So the, the exorcist was based on a true story. 
Okay. Of a I know that. young man from Maryland. Yes. From Cottage City, Maryland, which I had to look up. <laughs> it's like, um, and the boy's pseudonym was, they gave him the name Roland Doe. Did you? Roland, by the way, John Doe, I get Jane Doe, I get Roland Doe. Roland, Roland in the Doe. Roland Doe, a.k.a. Robbie Mannheim. Mm-hmm. A 14-year-old boy born in the 30s, um, he allegedly was possessed by a demon. And then the events of his multiple exorcisms were recorded by the priest, Raymond Bishop. And these events uh, and of the claims around it were used in The Exorcist, which was a novel in 1971. I don't know if you read the novel. No, I'd have no interest. Basically, this young boy was, you know, his parents were like, he's demonic, right? Yeah. Uh, so they they were Lutheran. They went to their preacher or a pastor. I'm not sure what they call him. And the pastor observed the the young man and claimed that he saw evidence of possession. All right. So this is like, you know, a kid being rude. Um, they said they saw some scratch marks on his body, but I mean, you know, these are the you could do these things to yourself, right, right? right? So after observing him, the Lutheran uh, pastor was like, let me pass you on to the Catholics. Now, the family isn't Catholic, which I find to be incredible. They were like, mm, we're Lutheran. We don't do this. Why don't you see a priest? So they send the boy to the priest. And he, the priest then claims that he tried the exorcism. During the exorcism, the boy attacked the priest. Uh, The priest was injured, kind of like in the film, and then they bring in a second priest. Um, They claimed that the boy was, you know, possessed. He was, like, writhing around, screaming, yelling. They said his voice changed, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I looked into this a little bit, and uh, most of the claims of the exorcism have been disputed. Yeah. They said one... That, that the boy, um, he may have been having some issues in his life, but even if he didn't, they're saying he was kind of an asshole, yep. that he was a, that he was a bully, that he was rude with other children. And then he threw temper tantrums and that he was, a, a an attention whore. Okay. They say that regarding the speaking in tongues, the um, other people, so they had several priests there to monitor the exorcism. A couple of the priests were like, he never, his voice didn't change. And that the words that they claimed he was speaking in tongues, that he was just mimicking or mocking the priest who was speaking Latin. Oh, okay. Which I find fascinating. Uh, They also said the exorcism didn't take place where they said it did. They said it took place in Mount Rainier, Maryland. The family never lived there. A lot of it is based on hearsay. Um, The more they look into it, the more that they see that it wasn't, really anything that needed to be done at all. The kid may have been just going along with it or just acting out Uh, after the exorcism, this kid, he just moves to another country and just carries on with his life as normal. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. And that's it. The end of that story. That was that that's the real exorcism. The scary part to me about this is how many people just started making up shit. Yeah. About a demonic, a demonic possession um, of an adolescent. Yeah, but the kid got on with his life. 
And that was um, it. And that was it. I also love how the Lutheran just immediately kicked it down the can. Yeah. Okay. Like, like next. How does that? I don't understand how that works. I know that in Catholicism there is uh like you you know that's where your exorcisms happen. Yeah, it's like pass it along to somebody else. It's kind of yes. like a government. Um, you know, when you call like the town for something, they're like, ah, call this division, call that. You get passed around in a big, um, but the, in, the, the one interesting part of the story. And I feel like this is where a scary story could be is that he was born into this family. Um, he was an only child and he was primarily raised by his aunt Harriet, who was a spiritualist. Oh. and introduced him to Ouija boards. Yeah. And that was something that he expressed a strong interest in. Yeah, see, I don't like that. All right, we're done with this story. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the more interesting part. Okay, what do you have? All right, we're going to go with advice on advice. All right. So advice on advice is a spooky, scary segment that we do where we find advice on the internet that's haunted. <laughs> and it stinks and it's unqualified. And we <laughs> and we exercise it, hence advice on advice so we're we're bringing we're putting advice on this spooky advice okay so this is dear prudence okay okay dear prudence (laughs) okay all right so here it is dear prudence i live in one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the country good for you but on one of the more modest streets you know (laughs) that's the street where it's just mcmansion yeah mostly doctors lawyers family business owners you know that kind of thing that's the yeah okay a few plebs a few blocks away are billionaires families with famous last names media moguls etc i have noticed that on halloween what seems like 75 percent of the trick-or-treaters are clearly not from this neighborhood kids arrive in overflowing cars from less fortunate areas i feel this is inappropriate Halloween isn't a social service or a charity in which I have to buy candy for less fortunate children. Obviously, this oh. makes me feel like a terrible person because what's the big deal about making less fortunate children happy on a holiday? But it's- Somebody doesn't know the history of Halloween. You heard that trick or treat, yeah, bitch. But it just bugs <laughs> me because we're already paying more than enough taxes towards social services. Are you kidding me? Should Halloween be a neighborhood activity or is it legitimately a free-for-all in which people hunt down the best candy grounds for their kids? Also, make America great. Yeah, right. <laughs> Again. I'm sorry, keep. Keep America great. Yeah. So, what Are you, you kidding me? <laughs> I, there's just really not enough toilet paper in the world for that person's yeah, house. right? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I live in a neighborhood that is adjacent to a very wealthy neighborhood. And they people don't go there for Halloween mm-hmm. because they don't give out candy. Oh, people give out people what? will 20? No, they're just they're just not around oh, very okay. much. You know how super rich people are. They're not in their houses. Yeah, they're somewhere else on the and If they're there in the backyard, like I you know, if you rich people are charitable, I think when it helps them. Yeah. Um but in this in my neighborhood where it's like a little, you know, like just upper middle class or middle class, people are really generous with the candy. And people and kids come around for it and we like it because it's fun because you get to see all the really cool costumes. Yeah, because they're cute and they they come around. And, and but if you don't want to participate in that, each building or each area has, you know, they give you like a sign you can put up. And say, oh. To let kids know which houses or which apartments are giving out candy and which aren't. I see. 
Okay. So it's not, you know, it's like, not that, yeah, it's not that, it's not that big of a deal, but this person is acting like, so you're, you're rich, but you're not rich enough to give out some free Snickers to a bunch of kids rather than just the kids in your neighborhood. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't sound like a rich person to me, but she sounds like if she's making it listed of it being a holiday we share. It's candy though. It's not like we're, we're not giving alms. I know. (laughs) Like it's not. Yeah. It's not like kids are coming up and you're like, how do you spell that? Because I need to make this checkup. Yeah. Like they're saying, yeah. They're like, dude, so turn off your light. You're so but turn off your light but if you don't want. She's saying that they're, you know, it, they're coming from other neighborhoods. You know, it's not even. Well, you know what that means. Yeah. You know, it's just not and their she, And the last time one of them came, they looked at her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Directly in the eye. Directly in the eye. Yeah, I, that's one of those things. Where it's it's really easy. And I thought of like when I first moved to, because when I was a kid, in order to go trick or treating, we had to get in cars because that's how rural it is. Yeah. And everyone who wanted to give out candy, they would have like a pumpkin or something in their yard. So we would know. Yeah. And if you didn't, the lights were off and you just didn't go to that house. And that was it. Yeah. And that was it. And you, so, and you don't have to participate. It doesn't matter. You don't have to give out candy. I think the problem is, is that this is, she's one of these people who doesn't want to participate, but doesn't want to feel a way about it. And so to assuage her feeling a way about something, we should get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. She wants somebody else to, tell, to, to say that it's not okay. I mean, who do they think they are coming around here to get two very small Twizzlers <laughs> when I pay all these taxes? For actual social services. Like people are like, you know, you know, this is the, we're starving all year. Can't wait for Halloween to get some free candy in the rich neighborhoods. Yeah, because you know what, and 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 some of the rich neighbors they're giving out health care and in school. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we don't want those kids coming around getting that. Yeah. So, so Prudence says, "Here's there's two things you could do. Oh, one important thing about this is that it was signed Halloween for the ninety nine percent." What? <laughs> I'm so, what? Yeah, that's how the person signed off their thing. So they called. So, prudence so Halloween the- is invented by the poors yeah, to try to extort um, sweets because you know how expensive it is to buy sugar in America. Yeah. So Prudence is calling her 99. So this comes up in the, uh, okay, okay. and that's why I'm going to, okay. here, here's two things 99 can do is give Necco wafers to the kids so they never returned. Oh, those are the worst. But it would cost more money and 99 would have to recognize every kid in the neighborhood, but it would probably seem more fair to her warped sense of morality. To be honest, I have no idea how 99 even knows whether the kids are from her neighborhood or not. I've looked no, in- People make assumptions about that. It's like when I, when I go to vote, they always try to send me to another table. I'm like, no, I live in your neighborhood, you old bitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. You, you don't have as much money as you think anymore. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I lived in my, na- my neighborhood for 10 years and I can barely recognize the neighborhood child. Yeah, I wouldn't know. Yeah, so it's a race thing. Yeah. Um, number two, she says, get the fuck over it and recognize that everyone deserves <laughs> candy and that suggesting that kids should stick to their own kind on the one night where sugar is free for them is elitist and crappy as hell and makes you a terrible person. When I was a kid, my parents took us to rich neighborhoods for candy and it wasn't just because their loot was better, but because 
we would have been hard pressed to find more than one or two houses handing out candy on our block. Yeah. And also a lot of the, um, the, the houses up here, the, the wealthy people, they decorate yeah. some of them and it's fun for the kids. Yeah, definitely. To see like, you know, not, you know, this is not everyone has the money to like fit their house out with all kinds of fun, cool, like creepy stuff. Yeah. And that's, it's fun to see those neighborhoods. Should we have said, Hey, we live in a fairly quiet residential neighborhood that would have been considered middle-class. We should find a similar neighborhood and not go above our pay grade that gives out more candy or gone to a neighborhood that was a sure thing. Yeah. And- this I bet you this woman is the same kind of person who was like, why do the poors have to come to my church? Don't they have a poor church? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so it's, you know, That's here's really another bad. option. Don't give out candy this year. No one gets any. That's a trickle yeah. down economics, I think. And also prevents others from having to deal with your bad attitude. I mean, here, another one, you could put up a whites only sign, but I don't know how well that would go. Yeah. <laughs> God. Incidentally, if anyone knows any kids who want hella candy, please send them to my house. Cause we bought five bags of candy, which is too much. And I can't be running up and down the street in my Mario costume screaming free candy at kids again this year. So yeah. What a B. I mean, I, like we don't have kids and a couple of we've only usually when they do the Halloween stuff, it's early and we were not here, but I think once or twice we've done it and it's really fun. Yeah. Like you're, you're not having, there's not much experience. Like you open the door, you see the kids costumes, they say trick or treat. If they're small, maybe you like say something, or you know, like make a little comment or something and then you give them the candy, but like, there's not a lot of a friction. Yeah. Like, it's not like, you know, they're going to join your family right? or, or try to, you think they're like casing the joint. What are they going to bring down your property value? Yeah. Just by showing up on your steps. You know, I feel sorry for people who think that way. I, I can't imagine living like that, that thinking that something that every banal, like basic thing is somehow an attack on your very um, materialistic and, and, and thinly worn privilege. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, can you imagine, can you imagine if every time we went somewhere, like we went to a cafe, we're like, oh my God, these people are here. Like, uh, how can they be here at the coffee cart? You know, like, what is this socialism? If you have like, and how much does the candy cost? Yeah. Not that expensive. Also make more money then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like if you, do you know what I mean? Like live at that, that house at the top of, you know, whatever vanilla ridge yeah (laughs) that no one can get to like this is what i'm saying that a lot of people are not as rich as they think they are Mm -hmm. like when i first moved into my neighborhood there was there are some people who like turn their you know people thought i was like a home health aide oh god they would say things like that and i'm like i'm sorry how much like how wealthy do you think you are that you can just make these assumptions yeah because for real it looked like your house was up on blocks you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you seem like the kind of person who could hitch their house up and move it. Yeah. So like, just, you know, maybe pace yourself on that. <laughs> if there, if there are regular people coming into your neighborhood, you're not as rich as you think you are. <laughs> right. I, I don't think, I don't, I feel like Beyonce doesn't have a problem with trick or treaters. Yeah. Right. Cause the real rich people, you cannot approach their houses on foot. You're right. 
that's what I mean. So these are these are like you know, jump up nouveau riche. Well, she said she was like in the doctor lawyer. Yeah, that's that's just regular people. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing special about a doctor or a lawyer. They're coming to their neighborhoods, though. But I, I, what I would like is the the other side to that of like the Elon Musk being like these doctors are sending their kids to my neighborhood to collect Twizzlers. I don't have time for you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're like, like I don't have time for this. Don't they have candy you know? at home? Like you know, like they're so so out of touch with the whole thing. Yeah, it's not that it's, they don't I, want I, to give candy. They're just like, what's happening? I imagine Tom Cruise being like, I just did a film. Like, what do you want? You know? Yeah. How did you get in here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which brings me to um, some etiquette for trick or treating. Ah, so if some the, Halloween etiquette. Yeah, so if you're the one giving out the candy, basically, um, mm-hmm. fling it. Yes. <laughs> if if the children come to your door and you don't know what the costume is, don't guess, because <laughs> kids. <laughs> it makes them feel really bad. Yeah, because kids have worked really hard on their costumes. And if you guess wrong, you know, the child thinks their costume is obvious. Like, this is clearly. And awesome. Yeah. And so hearing someone misinterpret it after working so hard to put it together is crazy. They don't, I mean, that's a, what are you? Yeah. Just, they don't, kids don't mind answering that question. I think adults are making the mistake of thinking that if you ask what someone is, they're going to be offended. No, you ask, you say, you ask the child to tell you about their costume. Yeah. I had an upstairs neighbor years ago. The son was very progressive. And one year he came to the door for Halloween and I was like, well, what are you? He was wearing a blue suit with a red tie and fangs. And he, he was, um, he had some foam on his face and blood. I said, well, what are you? He said, I'm a rabid Republican. Oh my God. But I never would have guessed that in a million, you know, I didn't want to just say like, you're a zombie, but he was very specific about it. He told me exactly what his thing was. So yeah, ask them. They want to tell you. But you say, tell me about your costume. Yeah. What did you, how'd you come up with the, even if they, if it's just something that they bought and the parents didn't help them with it or whatever, you can, they can still tell you a story about the idea they had. Um, Right. So if you are actually in an office this year, and this goes, this is after the pandemic too. Or this is like in parts of the country where they don't have a virus. Yes. Right. They don't have it there. Um, skip the gruesome decorations. Cause you think that bloody ghoulish decorations are in good natured fun, but your coworkers may not want to look at them all day. <laughs> Honestly, some of them are really good. And I, I, you know, or somebody thinks that it's really, Keep it cute at the office. Yeah, cute autumnal decorations, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Because nobody wants make sure to that your jack o' lantern has like a, a, a smile. Yeah, <laughs> and most of his or her teeth. Yeah. So also, um, don't go. You know, don't go overboard with your costume at work, especially if you work in a stuffy office, because you'll be sitting there all day. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in your over-the-top costume. I was like, you're sitting there all day, and who are you dressed like? That is the over the top. You're, you're Tiger King. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You're Tiger King. So, ass those chaps by ten thirty. By by the the first coffee break of the day are kind of played out. Yeah, be, and also, how awkward is that for like all the cute girls in the office who come with like the cat ears and tail, and you're Tiger King. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and, yeah. It's not a. It's like, oh, really? Am I the cat that you're going to tame? I'm trying to think of the last time I wore, well, you know, I, I, one time I was working in an office around Halloween, you know, I, I wear a lot of black. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes it used to border on goth goth sometimes and i remember one person was like oh i love your costume and i was like this is actually like it's not a it's just my everyday this is I'm just my everyday emo. look yeah i'm not yeah i'm not you know i'm yeah. a big cure fan and you should <laughs> just leave a candy bowl on your desk yes and then just just and then just laugh at the people coming up trying to make small talk with you because they really want the candy Mm-hmm. Yes, the candy bowl. I do have. I have a pop up candy bowl that I used to take. As, even as a freelancer, I would just take it in during the uh, the season and just put candy in. It. And I was like, "Wow!" All of a sudden, you guys like a freelancer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone's all interested in my. Oh, you just wanted those. The, the candy the snacks. Right, yeah. The candy. Um. You know, and also remember that culture is not a costume. People are not going to remember that, Katie. I think it's impossible. It's been said, it's been clear our entire lives, basically. That you should not dress up as a quote-unquote yeah, Mexican. Yeah, but people are still doing people it. People do it anyway. Oh. So I would say that if you if you see someone doing it, feel free, if they're over 18, feel free to berate them. Okay. What about the St. Pauli girl? Is that culture's costume? What culture is that? It's probably like a German beer one. We don't even know. So, so <laughs> you're saying it's later hosen. Right. Later hosen, I guess, is what you're talking. Like, is it the kind of the the later hosen thing with the little skirt? Maybe it's like a little like a busty. Woman. Yeah, I don't. You know what? I would say this to people: know your audience. Yeah, um, and for if, your costume, if you decorate your lawn you know with like headstones and things don't put real people's names on them please do not put uh like i don't know peter falk yeah right because i love colombo that would make me upset yeah don't don't put don't put like recent deaths on yeah or anybody you know don't put any your friend's name but you could put bella lugosi yeah you could you know if you want that again know your audience right you could pay homage to somebody you could put boris karloff up there and just put that that he hasn't died yet yeah you know dot 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 and then if you have kids you know teach them to say thank you for the candy and just take one piece and if you have parents teach them to say thank you as well because some of them don't know yeah (laughs) Some of them don't know. You remember you, you reach that age with your parents where you're like, man, your fucking manners are atrocious, mom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how did I learn? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So those are a couple of things just to. I think this year is going to be an interesting Halloween. Um, I I hope that people are able to keep it together. Uh, and still remember that there's a virus out there yeah but I don't have a lot of hope you know because I we don't have there's a there's a pressure valve you know and I'm hoping that Halloween is not going to be when it gets opened yeah especially with the full moon it's a blue moon Mm -hmm. you got this whole change in seasons um the weather is nice and it's, yeah, people are like, it's going to be really cold soon. And mm-hmm. I can already see, like, even in Hoboken, like, people are trying to still go out and. Yeah. And I, I, I understand it, right? I understand, yeah. like, people are starting to feel a little stir crazy. Um, but, you know, that's why I advocate the home bar. Yes. Uh, your home bar doesn't have to be alcoholic, although mm-hmm. I prefer it. And just, you know. Figure out ways to like, I guess, kick it and have a good time at home. Greg and I said we're gonna do the 13 days of Halloween, 
We're going to do a scary movie each night. Oh, that's nice. I like that. In lieu of, you know, being able to go out and do stuff. I also, I haven't done this yet, but I'm thinking about trying to organize a watch party. I know that Amazon Prime has it where you can get together with people, but I don't know how it works. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll figure that out. Um, yeah, I think that might be something fun. Uh, I'm probably not going to watch anything scary because I don't want to get too scared. Um, you could watch The Vampires in the Bronx. It's cute. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'll like it. All right. Um, it's not scary. Okay. <laughs> I don't, it's not scary. It's cute. Okay. Well, it's kid scary. Cute. All right. Yeah, but anyway, for how, however you're doing, however you're kicking off your Samhain, your Halloween, enjoy. Yes, happy Halloween, everybody. Happy stay Halloween. Safe. Yeah. Stay spooky. Shit's already scary enough. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't need any more. We're not anymore. All right. All right. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Ha 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 